Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 56. Uh, this week is another light week. It's my, only myself. Uh, Gladys and Mark and Sarah are all on vacation. Uh, but this week, we also have a guest, Michael Malone, who's here to talk to us about Microsoft Defender Advanced Hunting. Uh, before we get to Michael, though, I do have a, a few little news items. Azure Advisor for MySQL has now just gone in preview, and it allows for basically Azure analysis, giving you things like performance uh, tips and giving you security ideas and just some some advisory notes about securing and improving the cost efficiency and the efficiency in general of your products, in this case, uh, MySQL. Uh, we've now also added the ability to support custom certificate authorities in Azure Kubernetes Service in AKS. This is actually really cool because that way, if you decide to create your own certificate authority, you can now install your own root certificates in there and then and then use them just as you would do, say, I don't know, GoDaddy or a VeriSign root certificate. So that's uh, another nice thing to see. And I know a lot of customers have been asking for that. Um, Azure Application Gateway now supports PrivateLink. That's in preview. I've talked about PrivateLink. I think just about every single podcast, you know, more and more past services are supporting private links. So that way you can have private IP addresses, private DNS names, and essentially having traffic flow between two past services uh, without going over the public internet. Um, so that is Azure Application Gateway. We now also have in public preview continuous backup enhancements in Azure Cosmos DB. I don't pretend to be an expert in backing up Azure Cosmos DB, uh, but having some enhancement there is, uh, is probably a good thing. We've also now added to API management, content security policy and cause configuration support. So cause is cross-origin resource sharing. It is a critically important defense in browsers. Um, it allows you to share resources um, across domains without violating the browser security policy. Uh, you've got to be very careful there, though. Um, don't go putting a star as the wild card to say I support absolutely everything from absolutely everywhere. Now, that sort of defeats the whole purpose, of course. But it's great to see that because now you can actually set it both um, in the actual portal and you can also do it declaratively. So that's kind of the news that I've got this week. Um, so let's turn our attention to our guest. Uh, this week, as I mentioned, we have Michael Malone, who's here to talk to us about Microsoft Defender, Advanced Hunting, and KQL. Uh, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Would you care to take a moment and give our listeners a little bit of a background on who you are and what you do? So thanks for having me, Michael. So yeah, I've, I'm currently on the Defender 365 customer experience team. So I work helping large customers onboard and operationalize the Microsoft uh, 365 Defender XDR suite. So XDR is an expanded detection and response capability for that helps customers out finding suspicious and malicious activity inside their enterprise. It's kind of like an upgrade, if you will, from uh, from a traditional antivirus. Prior to being on this team, though, I spent about seven and a half years with Microsoft Dart. So uh, essentially what we would do is we would go investigate, determine human adversary or human operated type attacks. So when you had a human at the other side of the keyboard, it's not just purely a malware problem, if you will. Uh, and actually, I heard you had a new book coming out on Azure Security, Michael. Yeah, I've been talking a little bit about that. Um, I'm not kidding. We're actually literally four or five pages away from actually having the drafts completed. So we're really excited for that. It should be out uh, Should be out in November. And it's Designing and Developing Secure Azure Solutions. Yeah, I actually just put out a book last year. For, uh, it's called Designing Secure Systems, which is kind of a theoretical-based approach on s system security overall. So it's like, essentially, if you can imagine... Uh, a unified model that lets you look at 
physical human process as well as cyber systems and how an how a vulnerability in one area can lead to a uh, an issue in another. So the topic of this podcast is advanced hunting. So you know what the question is going to be. You know, so what is advanced hunting, and you know what does it sort of entail? Absolutely. So advanced hunting is kind of like a, uh, a roll your own detection capability inside of Defender. So Defender, as I mentioned, is an, is an XDR. It's essentially a capability to let you uh, to identify not just malicious but suspicious activity. And the reason why I make this clarification. Traditionally, when you looked at security products, you had antivirus. And antivirus is tuned to specifically find known bad things. It's very difficult. The way I like to describe it is if you're from an antivirus perspective, if you if you clean up a legitimate file, you're likely to make the news. Whereas if you miss a bad file, you're just a bad antivirus solution. EDR and XDR kind of helps you cover that gap because we are essentially tuning to avoid false positives. If you have a false positive, you can take down a customer's enterprise. So EDR enables us to identify suspicious activities that may not necessarily have inherently malicious files involved. So for example, if an attacker was to perform lateral traversal, depending on the tooling they use, they may or may not use malware. They also may be performing some other suspicious administrative activities during the attack. So EDR covers that gap. Uh, EDR being endpoint detection response. And then more broadly, so about, about two years ago now, we launched Microsoft Threat Protection, or MTP, which eventually became Microsoft 365 Defender, which is our XDR. As I mentioned, it's the expanded detection response. And the big difference between EDR and XDR is the breadth. So in, in an XDR solution, you're not just looking at endpoints. You're typically looking also at things like identity. So Microsoft Defender for Identity is our UEBA and also identity uh, detection solution. There's Defender for Office, which is looking at suspicious and malicious email activity that's going on. And Defender for Cloud Apps, which is looking for shadow IT and suspicious use of cloud applications. So Defender Advanced Hunting gives you the ability to do raw access hunting to the data we use inside of Defender to create detections. So we create a whole bunch of detections out of the box for things that we know are suspicious or malicious. But sometimes you may have something that's contextually unique to your organization. For example, remote administration tools are not inherently malicious, but you may know inside your organization, you only use one product or another. You might only use remote desktop to to manage these systems. And as a result, you want to identify things that are not remote desktop that that enable you to control those systems. With advanced hunting, you can create these queries that will identify when these processes have been created or when files were written or activities occurred on these devices and also enable you to create custom detections. So... If your query is really good at identifying suspicious activity, you can have it. Auto, you can have Defender automatically respond by isolating the device, quarantining the file. It basically gives you raw data access to create your own your own customized detections for your enterprise. So detections is one of the things you can do with advanced hunting. There's also uh, a whole bunch of other capabilities that we use as well. So customers sometimes want to have kind of a picture of their entire enterprise, i.e. find out where this strange, where this particular software package is installed, see where this individual user logs on. So it gives you this kind of cool reporting capability as well. Since we have all these process creations and logon events and network communication activities and file creations, et cetera, emails and such, you have the ability to kind of create your own report of what goes on in your environment. So you may be able to do your own baselining. You can also identify anomaly-based activity as well. Uh, another thing is from on the baselining front, uh, there's some. if you get out of the box and what Defender really is, you can do some neat things around, for example, uh, we have queries that'll help you design your app blocker policy. If you're not sure where, like what the impact of a particular 
AppLocker or WDAC policy is going to be. You can very quickly report on where what processes would launch from that particular path that you're allowing or declining. Or you can also use it as a mechanism to figure out how many different executables and how many different devices have things launching from that. So it helps you kind of tune uh, AppLocker, WDAC, or like firewall policies is another great example. Um, you can see where inbound and outbound communication happens inside the enterprise. And when you want to determine the impact of allowing or blocking a specific IP address or, pro or application, it'll help you, give you get that picture of what's going on inside your enterprise. So you know it before you actually implement it. Hey, what's WDAC? WDAC, or Windows Defender App Control, enables you to build a policy that can define what applications are or are not allowed to run on a given endpoint, a given Windows endpoint. For example, you can say files that are signed by a specific certificate are allowed to run, or things from a specific path are not allowed to run. You can also use it for an auditing capability as well. For example, you can say if a process launches in this particular in this particular context, I want to log this and see it from from your Defender Advanced Hunting Console. So this is kind of interesting, right? So you could potentially use it for sort of alluding to this for more than just detection, right? Because you could actually just run a normal clean system, a known clean system, and get an idea for which applications are running, where they're running from, if they're using if they if they're digitally signed, which hopefully they are what network ports and protocols are being used. And you could actually build that up to be like a, a list of what good looks like. Is that, a, is that a reasonable way of putting it or is that just way too simplistic? So that's one approach you can use. You can definitely, you can also, it's worth noting there's, because we're using KQL or Custo query language under the hood, there's also the ability to bring in external data. So if you have a data set that has like, for example, uh, System like maybe maybe IP address ranges or list of file hashes or signers or whatnot. You can actually dynamically import it into your queries. So th there's definitely one way of doing it of basically saying this is a this is a known clean box and this is what its profile looks like. But you can also uh, a lot of times uh, enterprises are very complex. There's there's going to be some sort of drift that's going to happen across the board. So what we can do with advanced hunting is build a picture using summarizations and pivots and joins and such that tells us dynamically what your enterprise looks like today. Uh, the interesting thing there is you can also dig into those outliers. So that long tail that everybody talks about in statistics is a very real thing in an enterprise. But it's also where a lot of the really interesting aspects of your enterprise are. These are where your attacker tools might be, for example. Or this might be somebody who's just violating policy for one reason or another. It gives you this really cool ability to dive into those and rationalize and figure out what kind of policies you'd like to create with tools like WDAC, or ultimately if you want to create a custom detection to respond to such a thing. Can I get like pre-built hunting queries, um, or do I have to like start from scratch? I mean, let me put it another way. So I'm not really an expert in threat hunting by any stretch. I can't imagine there's like a little API I can run that says, "Show me how I got whacked." Um, <laughs> You know, show me, show me bad things that are happening. I mean, because I, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know what I'm looking for. So do we have like built-in or sample queries that people can use that might show sort of indicators of, you know, either malicious behavior or even indicators of compromise? So there are. There's a couple of really great resources out there. So the first, the first piece of advanced hunting is understanding KQL itself or Custo Query Language. We've got the Custo Query Language reference. So this is going to be the same query language used in Sentinel if you've used it. Uh, it's also what you're going to use on what's called an Azure Data Explorer cluster. So if you've got experience with those, you're using KQL. 
but there's also a really great web-based doc uh, that references the entire language. It's pretty easy to get used to. I saw a shirt the other day that actually says KQL is a new PowerShell, and it made me stop and think. It really is across our security stack. It's really the key language you need to understand. And as well as, as I mentioned, it's really great for if you have an Azure Data Explorer cluster. So the second thing is understanding the data landscape that we've got in advanced hunting. Depending on which products you've got from Defender, you may see information from devices, uh, emails, apps and identities, et cetera. So Understanding those is really important, and for that we've got our schema reference. There's a public face. There's some public facing docs that are out there on it, but ultimately my favorite spot to go. If you open up the advanced hunting page in Defender in the upper right hand corner, there's a button for schema reference that breaks down every single table and every single column and provides some really great detail. One that I would like to highlight, especially especially if you're a Defender for Endpoint customer, is the device events table. We have a lot of really good information in there. Uh, for example, scheduled task creations, uh, plug and play device activity. So if you want to know if somebody's plugging in a USB drive, you can see that. You can see volume mounts, a whole bunch of really good information for creating your own custom detections or researching activity inside your environment. And if you want to get started with advanced hunting, there's a really great series I put out about two years ago with Tally Ash called Tracking the Adversary with MTP Advanced Hunting. We basically start off with a very 101 approach. So we cover like the, the basic operators, like, like take, for example, uh, the where clause, et cetera. And we cover it and cover each of the individual data sets that we've got in advanced hunting at that time. And ultimately build our ways up to things like joins. So there's all different kinds of joins inside of KQL that are important to understand. And last, we start moving into summarizing, pivoting, and joining. So essentially, if you want to build these reports or summarizations of what's going on inside your data, and the very last episode, we dig into a contrived hunt. So we've got an, a, a targeted adversary situation we replicated inside of a defender tenant, and we go through and use the things that you learned in those, in those different episodes to hunt down the adversary and figure out all of its attributes. So one thing you mentioned at the beginning that really sort of piqued my interest is you talked about tracking down human adversaries. Is there any sort of tips, tricks? Is there a, a format or a structure that you go through to help with that? So one of the tools I like to use is I, I like to call it the ABCs of incident response or the ABCs of security. Essentially, the ABCs represent the things that you want to look for in any targeted attack or really any cyber uh, situation you run into. So to get started, so the, the ABCs are authentication, backdoors, communication channels, and data. So to get so authentication represents the identity aspect. So what identity did the attacker use when they connected to the service? After they contacted this particular service, what identity were you using on the device itself? So, for example, if it's a web server, you might be anonymous coming in, but if there's a web, if there's a vulnerability in that web page, you might be able to run code as the web server. In that case, the identity you'd be looking for is the identity of the IS app pool or perhaps the Apache service. The third piece of identity is what identities were compromised as a result of that event. Now you've got on the box, do we have credentials that are exposed to memory? And are you running as admin? Is there perhaps a password file or something along those lines? What types of, what types of authentication does the attacker now have access to as a result of that attack? The second one is backdoors. Now, backdoor is a, is a, is a malware term, but ultimately it's the mechanism that the attacker uses to control the endpoint itself. So a backdoor can be a perfectly legitimate tool and an, or an intended capability. In our web server, the backdoor, the initial backdoor they connected to is essentially the web server itself. It could also be an exposed RDP port, or it could be a piece of malware. If they've already infected the device, you might have a remote access Trojan or something along those lines on the device that enables them to control the system. 
So just like authentication, there's three time frames. You've got the initial access, so what backdoor did they use to control the endpoint itself? Was there any backdoors installed as a result of the event? So for example, did we see a downloader or a dropper uh, install a backdoor into the system? And as a result, what backdoors do they have access to as a result of the attack? So now you've compromised this device. Presumably, you can use that device to pivot to other devices that were protected by a firewall or a security mechanism. So it's essentially the, the mechanism for control. The third one is communication channels. And that essentially describes the way that the attacker communicates with the device. It's the path between the attacker and the back door. So in our initial access scenario, when the attacker contacted the web server, it might be a user agent string or a source IP address. It could also be more generic things such as countries or uh, ISPs or things along those lines. These are all things you can use to profile that attacker activity inside the enterprise. You also have, of course, the post-breach scenario where what communication paths are open as a result. And last, you've got data. So data, it really represents the impact. It's the confidentiality, integrity, and or availability that you lost of information as a result of the breach. So if this is a ransomware or wiper attack, some of your data may have been encrypted or destroyed. Or if it's a, if it's a tamper attack, you might have some additional rows in your database you didn't intend. Or last, if it's, a, if it's a data theft or intellectual property theft type case, it's what data essentially went out the front door as a result. Did we lose some intellectual property, uh, some, some secrets or sensitive organizational information? So at the start of this, you mentioned using KQL um, to perform the hunting. Is that the only way you can do hunting? I mean, there are other, other APIs or anything that you can call, or are you really restricted to just using, you know, just using KQL? So there's, there's two main ways you can really use advanced hunting inside of Defender itself. So the first way is, is to use the web interface itself. That's probably the easiest way, but there is some limitations. You have a cap of about 10,000 rows. So if you need to bring back a whole bunch of data, you may want to use the API. So the API will give you up to 100,000 rows worth of results uh, and enables you to essentially programmatically call advanced hunting. It's really great for hooking to things like, for example, if you have some, uh, some Azure automation out there, you can pull your data directly into uh, reports or whatnot. The third way you can kind of use, and this isn't, is it's sort of advanced hunting, is really referring to the data itself. So we've got a couple of different APIs out there that enable you to pull the data into other systems. So the first one is going to be our Sentinel connector, which is a native connector between Defender and Microsoft Sentinel. So you can actually pull your data into Sentinel and then join it with all the log data that's, in, that's inside your SIM. Or you can also use the streaming API, which lets you pull it into a, either directly into blob storage, or you can pull it into an event hub and then do with it what you like. Don't get me wrong, I, I mean, I love KQL, but I always like the ability to be able to call an API, <laughs> just in case. I may want to build like some kind of custom tooling or something, and it just gives me that extra level of flexibility. So that's um, that's really great to see. I mean, is there a community of folks out there? Because I imagine this stuff's relatively complex, especially if you're sort of learning learning this stuff from the get go. Is is there, are there other people I can I can talk to about this? We also have a GitHub, so we're actually inside the Azure Sentinel repo. If you look under the the hunting queries, you're going to see Microsoft 365 Defender. And inside there is a whole bunch of YAML formatted queries, which is going to be the same ones you see in the advanced hunting portal under community. So it'll help you get started if you want to see how other people are using advanced hunting today. All right. So one thing we ask um, all our guests is if you had one sort of final thought to leave our listeners with, uh, what would it be? So probably the biggest thing is when you're looking through your EDR or XDR solution, you see activity. 
make sure you stop and determine if it's going to be commodity stuff, so the stuff you get just surfing around the web, or if there might be some targeted intent behind it, i.e. if you're looking for, if you're seeing some suspicious activity. If you do see targeted activity, remember your ABCs, authentication methods, backdoors, communication channels, and data. And be ready to bring in help when you, if, if you need it, like from Microsoft Dart or Microsoft Defender Experts for hunting. And if you're looking for, for resources for hunting, check out my book, Designing Secure Systems. It's got a lot of good content in there that'll help you think like a hunter and help you track this adversary using the ABCs and what I like to call authorization theory. Well, thanks again for joining us this week, Michael. I know it's uh, an interesting topic. I, I, I admit it's not an area that I'm particularly familiar with, so um, it was always good to learn something new. And to our listeners out there, thank you to you also for, for listening in. Uh, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license.